Welcome to the Energy Update presented by the Institute for Energy Research for the week of February 8th, 2021. I'm Alex Stevens. This week, I want to highlight a blog post on IER's website titled, Pennsylvania Should Resist Natural Gas Severance Tax. Over the past week, Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf has once again promoted the idea of levying a severance tax on the natural gas industry uh, in order to fund workforce development programs and uh, employment assistance to help the state's economy recover in the wake of the COVID pandemic. If the goal is economic recovery, then the governor should not be targeting the natural gas industry because it's one of the primary sources of economic growth uh, in the state of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is currently the second largest producer of natural gas in the United States. And according to a 2017 study from API, the U.S. natural gas and oil industry supported 322,600 jobs in the state and contributed uh, just over $44 billion to the state's economy in 2015. The benefits of shale gas development substantially outweigh the costs. A 2015 study found that the shale gas revolution has led to an increase in welfare for natural gas consumers and producers of over $48 billion per year in the U.S. And the, uh, the benefits of the shale boom also involve royalty payments, and evidence suggests that the royalty payments produce large benefits to both local and regional economies. According to one study, each million dollars of new oil and gas extracted produce $80,000 in wage income, $132,000 in royalty payments and business incomes, and 0.85 jobs um, to the local economy. So a severance tax would likely push some investment in shale gas away from the state of Pennsylvania, meaning fewer jobs and less economic growth in the state. And just as importantly, the tax would likely be passed on to consumers which means higher energy prices and energy taxes are regressive. So the impact of higher energy prices would predominantly hurt lower income households. Uh, The very people who are hurting right now uh, because of the economic downturn caused by the pandemic. Additionally, the natural gas industry provides feedstock for the protective uh, equipment used in response to the pandemic. So any increase in the cost of natural gas also means higher prices for the essential protective equipment. Just finally, the state of Pennsylvania already has a natural gas impact tax. Pennsylvania has generated nearly $2 billion in new revenues from the existing impact tax since 2012. Uh, So it's difficult for anyone to argue that the industry is not already a significant uh, revenue generator for the Commonwealth. Shale gas development has been one of the most significant drivers of economic growth in Pennsylvania in the past decade. Taxing the industry in order to fund economic recovery programs makes little sense as it would harm one of the most dynamic industries operating the state, and the cost would likely be passed on to those who are hurting the most from the economic downturn caused by the pandemic. Uh, that blog post can be found on our website, instituteforenergyresearch.org. I also want to highlight uh, this week the latest episode of the Plugged In podcast. Last week, I sat down with IER's Director of Policy, Kenny Stein, to discuss the early actions of the Biden administration. Here's a short clip from that podcast. So then the other thing that came out yesterday was this fact sheet that had uh, a whole list of sort of vaguely worded uh, either future executive orders or I don't know if it was stuff that he signed also yesterday, but um, some of it had to do with making sure national security, that climate change was front and center with that. Uh, There was like a rebuilding infrastructure for a sustainable economy initiative, a whole bunch of things. Um, a lot of it sounded like stuff that has to be done through Congress, and is that the case? And then is there anything on that list that really jumps out to you that concerns you, or how should we think about the fact sheet from yesterday? Yeah. It's Well, I, I think of it as kind of a bureaucracy bonanza. You know, created a bunch of new councils and positions. There's, there's a domestic climate advisor now, like trying 
be like a national security advisor, but a climate advisor. There are task forces and they're asking task forces to write reports and give ideas and look at review things and give ideas. It's a lot of, it was a lot of paper pushing is what it really is. It's, it's basically, but the problem is, is that the, the actual actions from this executive order are very limited, but it's basically an invitation to the most busy body of bureaucrats to go find things that they can do in the name of climate. That's really what it is. And they are being told to report back on ideas for how we can mess with things. So that's sort of the danger. It's sort of, it says what they, what they want to find an excuse to regulate. And so they're like, please go out and find an excuse for us to intervene anywhere we possibly can. So it's, it's concerning. And again, as I've said several times now, it injects a lot of uncertainty because now, like, what are they going to do with this? Like, what are these reports going to say? And they, they could be fairly dangerous. The one thing I'll say, in addition to the, the temporary moratorium, the other uh, part of the executive order that actually has sort of a concrete impact is that uh, there's instructions to go back and review um, how the royalties and um, how like excise taxes, the type of oil, gas, coal, mining, uh, all development on federal lands, they pay, you know, they're paying money to the government, to the federal government in taxes and, and fees and that kind of thing. And the instructions, one of the instructions was to go back for bureaucrats to go back and review all those fees and taxes to see if they should be changed. And of course, what by changed, what they mean is increased, which the goal here obviously is to make everything, any sort of development on federal land much more expensive. So that is something that because because a lot of these fee schedules are and are very old, like decades and decades out of date, there there is some justification for updating them. The problem is is that it's being these updates are going to be done by people who are aggressively hostile to the industries that are that are under review, and they're going to use this as an opportunity for punitive measures, not uh, not for like good governance measures. All of that content and more work from IER staff can be found at our website, instituteforenergyresearch.org. Thank you for listening. Until next week, I'm Alex Stevens.